Oh, this situation in Israel, man, it is drawing out the terrorists back here at home. And uh, the FBI don't care. They're focusing on uh, MAGA supporters, which is great. We're finally going to dig into that tonight. We got some news about the speaker in the, uh, the Steve Scalise, the next speaker of the House of Representatives. That's going to, well, it's already annoying a few people, to be honest with you. Look, if you're watching the replay, skip ahead a few minutes, watch the rest of the show, hit the thumbs up, follow the channel, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. McDonald in Atlanta, joined by Danielle Munoz in Minnesota. Hey, Danny. Hey, Al. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It is Thursday, October 12th, 2023, and it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Let's talk about tonight, Danielle. We will uh, we'll catch up with our friends on the break. We're going to get started with the same thing we got started with Monday, another Speaker of the House update, right? May as well, because yeah. here, here's, here's where we're at right now. We live in a nation where Mr. Magoo is the former vice president. Worse than that, it's a uh, Mr. Magoo with Alzheimer's is the former vice president. Respect the office. Respect the office. We, we have an economic situation where American families, the new CPI index came out today. Okay. Inflation is, listen, inflation's gone up a little bit, not much. It's gone up a point 
uh, well, a tenth of a point. It's gone up to 3.7%, which is obviously way better than the 9% it was last, uh, last well, earlier this year. Uh, but it's still very high inflation. The CPI shows that American families are $7,000 a year worse off than they were uh, when uh, Donald Trump was in office. $7,000 a year worse off than when Trump was in office. We're embroiled in a war between, and I'm talking about Ukraine and Russia, this for for now we're embroiled in that war we've sent hundreds of billions of dollars to um nazis who are fighting the communists there is no good guy in that fight no and yet republicans are insisting on defeating themselves and throwing away this this perfect storm of democrat shite they're insisting on throwing that all away so that they can have a little pillow fight among themselves, a little uh, a little slumber party pillow fight among themselves, Danny. That's where we stand right now. Republicans are desperately trying to cost themselves the election. Instead of focusing and campaigning on the Democrats' failures, they're doing right. this to themselves. So Steve Scalise, we told you that the Republicans were going to have a behind closed doors meeting where they held a uh, they held a little ballot among themselves. You have people say a secret ballot. It's not secret. We know who won it and we know who was in it. So it wasn't a secret ballot. People could stop saying that. Steve Scalise won the ballot. It was between Scalise and Jordan. Steve Scalise won the ballot. So. Scalise does not currently have the floor votes to become next House Speaker. Here are the, I, I don't care who voted against him. This right. is the Gateway Pundit. By the way, all sources are available over on Locals. Um, we're at 100 members on Locals. You, you can be a free member. You can uh, head over there. You can follow us for free. You get the show notes, sources. You get some some additional content. Danny and I do do meetups and stuff like that. We'll do Zoom meetups and things like that with the uh, with locals members so head over there if you want to be a part of that but all sources are there including this story from the gateway pundit uh speaker designate steve scalise finds himself in a precarious position despite winning the internal gop nomination for speaker of the house after defeating house judiciary committee chairman jim jordan in a 113 to 99 closed door victory scalise is now struggling to secure the floor votes needed to officially take the gavel and then they go into who voted uh who voted against it by the way this is what um this is what Lou Dobbs at Fox News said. 113 rhinos. There's that word again. 113 rhinos part from Jim Jordan. What a disgrace. Scalise is McCarthy in the flesh. It's time for the conservatives in the party to rise up and once again reject rhinos from leadership. Here's the thing. Kevin McCarthy was the most conservative speaker we've had in in two decades. And and uh, there's so much wrong with that. First of all, McCarthy is McCarthy in the flesh. Right. And Scalise and Jordan are both McCarthy in the flesh, in the flesh. They, th that's, this is the thing, right? Yeah. They're all the same guy. Here's, here's how, here, Lou, let's talk about Lou Dobbs. Here's how I think he judges who's a rhino and who isn't. He judges it based on who yells the most. Right. And I think a lot of people do this. They base uh, they base their measure. Uh, he doesn't yell enough, therefore he can't be conservative enough for me. And it doesn't make any sense. It's the content of a person's character that matters. It's right. the work they do that matters. And Kevin McCarthy did, quite frankly, with with the cards he was dealt, he did excellent work. Now, the people that yell the most, they're the ones that get heard. And so everybody believes while McCarthy did nothing, he was useless. Fact is, he wasn't. Right. They think that Jim Jordan in that position will be able to get more done. And the fact is, he won't. Because he's being, he's being put directly into the same position Kevin McCarthy was put in. Right. 
Yes, the House of Representatives can pass all these bills, but where do they have to go? The Senate. They have to go to the Senate and then a Democrat president. Well, in a Democrat-controlled Senate right. and then a Democrat president. Yeah. Right. They've got to get past those two hurdles. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't pass them, and McCarthy did pass them. Matt Gates's wish list was passed under Kevin McCarthy. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Now we're down to Scalise and Jordan. Right. And I really don't care which of them it is because I like them both and I believe them both to be good conservatives. I've given you my reasoning for preferring Scalise in this position. Number one, he was the majority whip. He knows how to get the votes. And... For as in Jim Jordan's case, he is much more useful to us in his position of chairman of the judiciary. It is the most powerful committee in Washington. And, and, and right now we have Jim Jordan at the head of it. Yes. And didn't Jim Jordan support Scalise after the vote? Mm hmm. <laughs> What more do you need? Don't be going and voting for Jim Jordan I on know. the floor. Well, because now the the lower members, they want to have their cat fight. They want right. They want their names in the press. Yes. And that's why I'm not going to read their names because to me it's irrelevant. They're um they're they're just being they're being a who's a the pest loony bitch the that moment. showed up in the shirt with the A, like the scarlet letter A. Oh, I don't know who was that. I, uh, it's another one, y'all. Please, for the love of God, stop electing crazy freaking Republican women. Quit it. I don't care if they have big boobs. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Here's, Quit it out. For, for, I, I get that I annoy people when I talk about stuff like this because a lot of people immediately say, Rhino, he's not conservative enough for me. What I'm trying to explain here is, is that Republicans are on a self-defeating mission. And they can avoid it just by using a little common sense. Steve Scalise is the right man for speaker. Jim Jordan is the right man for chairman of the judiciary. Right. We should not, as a party, want to mess with that recipe. We should not want to. If you take Jim Jordan away from the chairman of the judiciary, there is going to be an almighty fight for the next chairmanship. And you don't know who, in that case, you don't know who you're going to get. There's only right. a few people suitable for the position of speaker. Steve Scalise is ideal. Majority whip, absolutely ideal for the job. Chairman of the judiciary, any yokel could get that. It's a toss of, it's, 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 right. yeah. I like Jordan in that position. I guarantee you Jordan likes himself in that position. He has more power in that position yes. than the Speaker of the House. He knows it. I know it. Why can't the, the MAGA Republicans understand that they're better served with Jordan in that position than his Speaker? Well, I don't get it. The, you hit the nail on the head. They're rabble-rousers. They, they, they want you to say their names. Mm -hmm. Just like Matt freaking Gates. The two times we've said his name, one, when he was being investigated for indiscretions and, and inappropriate bangery, and this. <laughs> inappropriate bangery. That's, um, that's, a, that's, that's one way of putting it. That's the official term for yeah. it. I, I just wish that, and you know, it's, it's the, the likes of cat turd and, uh, Lou Dobbs, DC Drano. It's those, those guys. And listen, a lot of, I, I have no problem with any of those people, but I wish they would just take a step back and think about the big picture. Speaking of inappropriate bangery, what a sad <laughs> statement of affairs that, our lead story is not the fact that the former vice president's brother showed up naked on a some gay dating site and admitted that like the picture was him and he'd taken the picture and that it wasn't like there was nothing sketch about it other than that it was just a private picture and it wasn't meant for folks to see. On and a that's dating not website? our lead story. Like that's just oh yeah. It's another amazing. naked 
another naked Biden. That is amazing. Um, like we're not even talking about it. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. All right, let's say hi to some friends here. Let's do it. Cameron's here. Cameron Anderson, hey, Brush Cam. Fire Mind. What's up, Cam? Uh, Michelle Brown is here. What's up, hey, Michelle? Michelle? Good to see you. Um, Janine is here. What's up, Janine? Bill Campbell. Hey, Janine. Bill hey, Campbell's here. Canadian bacon. Bacon. Joy is with us. What's up, Hello, Joy? Sister. Rumpel's here. Rumpel hey, says, Rumpel. "Wait, you guys do Zoom calls? Yeah, we do. And we probably we probably should schedule one. We oh, do it for yeah. locals. Uh, we do it for folks over on locals. Yeah, the intern calls it our booze cruise because yeah, we get, sometimes we get a little boozy. We can get a little boozy. So yeah. um, bear that in mind. And all it is is us on Zoom." With uh, with our friends from the show, friends from locals, uh, jumping yeah, on locals subscribe subscribe. What do you call them on locals? Are they subscribers? Local over supporters. There? Supporters. Yeah. Uh, and what we do is um, drink and, and basically tell old stories. Hang out and drink and yeah. And it yeah. gets fun. And we usually plan to go for like ninety minutes and end up going for three hours. Yeah, I end up cutting <laughs> us off. <laughs> I'm but, the yeah. bartender and I cut us off at the end. But yeah, it's uh, it's good fun. Um, let's see who else is with us. Uh, Peggy Brown is here. What's up, Peggy? Hey, Good Peggy. to see you. Rita's here. Hey, Rita. Hi, Thank you for tuning in. And, uh, I think, I think that that's everyone. Uh, Rumpel's a local supporter, but I never you, turn on notifications. That's uh, you got to turn them on. I think notifications and, yeah, uh, you can choose what you want to get notified for. Uh, there's a whole, whole segment you can get notified for lives and for um members only content you can get no i mean you you get to pick and choose what you want to be uh, um but you have to be logged in on your phone in the locals app i think for for notifications to come through i could be wrong about that i'm not yeah, sure yeah he's just trying to act like he knows what he's talking about but yeah head on over to uh locals show sources, uh, show notes, all that stuff, obviously. And of course you can watch the show there as well. We should do, right. You could tell I just had an idea. Could you? Yeah. We should have a, a booze cruise for your birthday. It's Al's giving day weekend. Everybody will be off. Not necessarily on your birthday, but around that time. You just shut me down. Cause you have plans for your birthday. Don't you with people cooler than us? There are no people cooler than us. So Get that out your big fat head. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fine. I don't we know what day of the week your birthday is on. I have but no yeah. idea. I have no idea. I'm off the entire like, week, though. The Friday of Al's giving, everybody will be off. Black well, I Friday. give, I, I, for my birthday, I give everyone Thursday and Friday off because right. I'm a benevolent leader. Yep. That's Al's giving. Yeah. So, so. Um, yeah, yeah, well, we, we can set that up. We can arrange that for sure. Um. <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about we. I guess we got to talk. Well, we. I'd say this. We're going to talk about um, Israel. So, bear with us because I know we talked about it last Strap week. In. But this is, I mean, this is a huge story, quite frankly. And who knows where this is going to lead? A regional conflict, potentially world war. You never know. So uh, we're going to well, be and, obviously. Go on. I mean, and that's not a Poolism. Like that's a. That's three steps. That's an actual threat right, right now. Yeah. yeah. That's like yeah. Syria drags Iran in and then it's on. Yeah. It, it, it is a major threat right yeah. now for escalation in the region. Having said that, apparently it's not that big of a threat to Americans in the region, Danielle, because Joe Biden is forcing Americans trapped in Israel to sign promissory notes to repay all travel costs if they decide to be rescued by the U.S. government. You heard that right. While we're sending tens of billions of dollars to the, the Nazis in Ukraine, sorry, the Ukrainians, my mistake. Uh, we're now telling Americans trapped in Israel that if they choose to be evacuated by the U.S. government, they have to. Let me tell you exactly what they say. This was in an email that the uh, State Department sent out to uh, to to the uh, well the embassies first of all, but also to U.S. citizens in um, Israel. We understand there's a high demand from U.S. citizens wishing to depart 
and the flight options are reduced. In the coming days, we hope to assist U.S. citizens with transportation options to depart Israel. Due to the large numbers of U.S. citizens indicating interest in departure assistance, we will plan to offer transit over several days. If you choose to take this departure assistance, transportation may be by air or sea and will be to a nearby safe location and not to the United States. Travelers should be prepared to arrange their own lodging at the safe location and pay for their own onward travel from the third, uh, third country to their chosen destination. Departure assistance is provided via loan from the U.S. government, which requires travelers to sign a promissory note prior to departure. An agreement to repay prior to departure. That's the United, that's the U.S. State Department. To be evacuated from a war zone. Yeah, yeah. by the way, of which the Office of Palestinian Affairs is a part of the U.S. State Department. The Office of Palestinian Affairs is still today offering grants to Palestinian terrorists. And in the meantime, Americans are being told, yeah, no, you got you to sign an IOU before we evacuate you from Israel. Again, all sources available over on Locals. That's kind of a dick move. If I'm being honest, that's kind of that's almost as dickish as hiring 30,000 Afghans as translators, telling them if you do this you're going to get a special visa which will allow you to relocate to the United States and then abandoning those translators in Afghanistan to the to the mercy of the Taliban. Almost as bad as that. You know that we did that to the Hmong people during oh yeah. Vietnam, yeah. right? Yeah, this is this so, is yeah. what this is what Democrats what we do. do. Yeah. Yeah. This so, is yeah, what just Democrats go in and just do. change the name. Republicans live up to their obligations. Democrats, not so much. Um yeah, Joe Biden in a hurry to pull out left. Well, they left every terrorist organization on the planet a plethora of weapons to pick and choose. Like it was like a licorice all sorts of American arms right. to be dished out between Syria and the uh Palestinian terrorists. I'm not going to use the H word because they are Palestine and Palestine is them. Um but yeah, to be dish div it up, divvy them up among yourselves folks and uh you know go massacre some jews was effectively the the message there but yeah if you're an american in israel you gotta gotta sign over some of your jew gold to get out apparently absolutely that's just me being a facetious prick so um yeah that's what they're give us some of your gold and we'll get you out one of the one of the side effects of this conflict, though, this war, this this attack by the Palestinians on babies, Danielle, is that, um, well, Douglas Murray, I think, sums it up. Hamas horror quickly reveals the bigots in our midst. I'm going to read a snippet from this story. Sometimes a flare goes up in the darkness and you can see where everyone is standing. That's certainly been the case since the appalling massacres in Israel last Saturday. The bodies of all the young festival goers, pensioners, and beheaded babies hadn't even been found before people began making excuses for their murder and even praised the mass slaughter. On Sunday, just 24 hours after the atrocities, Hamas terrorists were still killing Jews in Israel, and radical extremists were gathering in Times Square to celebrate their actions. I went over to Times Square to see that pro-Palestine rally, but it wasn't pro-Palestine, it was just pro-massacre. There were people at this rally showing off swastikas, Danielle. I, I get that, you know, people like me who have been labeled white nationalist, 
I get that we're we're supposed to be the Nazis, right? We're the we're the 21st century Nazis. But it's the Democrat Socialists of America who were out there throwing around swastikas. I right. say that because that rally in Times Square was organized by the Democrat Socialists of America. This is the same organization that the squad belonged to. It was the Democrat Socialists of America that ran AOC and Ilhan Omar and, and their ilk for Congress. Do we, we remember that, right? Yep, yep. And they're out there celebrating the massacre of, uh, the massacre of, of babies. By the way, you know, we're going to show some imagery tonight. And I want you all to be aware it's going to be coming up in about five minutes. Go ahead. I, I, I mean, this is kind of a rabbit hole, but I, I have a question for you. Do you think that AOC is truly anti-Semitic and believes all of this crap? Or yes. do you think that she just got, because I, I believe out of Ilhan Omar and the actual Muslims who grew up like entrenched in all of this, but AOC is a Puerto Rican bartender from Boston college. Like I truly feel like, and I'm not defending her. You know, I don't like her at all, but I feel like she is simple minded. And it, you just reminded me of that, that she was run as a, as a patsy, as a, I mean, she's play acting. And I just feel like she, she's play acting along with the others. Well, I mean, I truly believe the others are bloodthirsty, Jew-hating monsters. I believe that she is a bloodthirsty, Jew-hating monster. Okay. That's what I believe. And and I'll tell you why. Doug Murray, it was a very good analogy. Sometimes a flare goes up and your enemies are just right. exposed to you. And that's what we're seeing. Um, and it's coming from, from what I consider some surprising places. Even people we know. Even right. people we know are saying things that are, I'm going to give you an example. I've said from day one, there's no good guy in the fight between Russia and Ukraine. In this instance, there absolutely is a good guy and a bad guy. Between Palestine and Israel, there is a defined, a very, it's defined by body parts and heads that there right. is a good guy and a bad guy. And yet people are still saying, is it possible there's no good guy in this fight? And you know what, Al? Some of that I think is just laziness. And I think that as Americans in the past, we've been able to be lazy when it's come to some conflicts. And the the Russia-Ukraine thing has been spoon-fed to us. Like, you don't really have to understand a whole lot. You don't have to know a whole lot of history or be very nuanced in your thinking about the situation to really know what's going on there. Like, you can be lazy on that one and realize that they're both bad guys. But I think, you know, I think in a lot of conflicts, you can be lazy and be like, oh, you know, there are no good guys or bad guys there. They're just on opposite sides of a battle with knowing nothing about what's going on. And then you sound, you know, nuanced or whatever. Right. And with some people, I think that's what's happening here is they're being lazy and it's possible the flares going up and they're getting exposed. Yeah, it's possible. Then we have the likes of BLM and who would have thought one terrorist organization would, would back another who would right. have known black lives matter grassroots stands in solidarity with our Palestinian family who are currently resisting 57 years of settler coloni colonism and apartheid as black people continue to fight to end militarism and mass incarceration in our own communities. Let us understand the resistance in Palestine as an attempt to tear down the gates of the world's largest open air prison as a radical black organization grounded in uh, abolitionist ideals. We see clear parallels between black and Palestinian people. We too understand what it means to be surveyed, dehumanized property seized, Families separated, our people criminalized and slaughtered with impunity, locked up in droves, and when we resist, they call us terrorists. We too dream of a world where our people may live freely on decolonized land. 
May the borders, checkpoints, prisons, police, and watch lists that terrorize our communities crumble, and may the world we build from their ashes honor those who have fallen in a struggle. Every word of that is bullshit. Just going to put it out there. Every single word of that is bullshit. There may have been a time, there may have been a time in America where some of that was true. And you know what we did? We changed it. Those things changed because I get this long before my time, by the way, long before Danielle's time, those things changed. That's not to excuse them when they happened, but but defending babies being beheaded isn't, it's not even close to reality, what BLM said. Then we have BLM, that's, that's BLM grassroots. Then we have BLM Chicago, who decided this would be a good idea to use the image. They, they took a clip art image of a paraglider and stuck a Palestinian flag on top of it. There's no other reason to use this particular image than to glorify terrorism. There's no other reason. This doesn't, this, this isn't an image anyone would associate with Palestine unless they knew what happened on the weekend when the Palestinian terrorists flew in on their um, hang gliders and started massacring Jews. It's the only reason to use In this. a music festival. At a music festival. That's the only possible reason to use this. Then we have NY Law, Student Bar Association. I'm not going to read through all of these. Um, again, sources are available over on Locals if you want to see them. But we got to a good one. We got to Harvard. Joint statement by Harvard-Palestine solidarity groups on the situation in Palestine, Danielle. Very similar to BLM's, uh, very similar to BLM's statement. I'll leave it up on the screen here for a minute for people that want to read it. Um, effectively just pro-terrorist rhetoric, blaming Israel for the attack, blaming Israel for their, the, the, your, your babies are getting massacred because it's all your fault. We went over Monday how it's, it's actually not, uh, that uh, Gaza hasn't been occupied, occupied since 2005, that they elected the government that they chose to represent them, that this government uses them as human shields in their, their terrorist endeavors. And Palestinians have in fact been forced to live in a state of death, both slow and sudden, by Hamas. By, yes, by Hamas, by the Palestinian government. Yeah, by the terrorists that they elected and allowed to stay in control of their lives. Well, the Harvard Students Organization are now claiming victimhood, Danielle, because this is how things work in this modern day, in these modern culture war times. This is how things work. These these young people, these young Marxists in colleges, they say what they want to say. And when there's pushback, they claim that they're the victim, right? It's the same thing BLM is doing. Right. They say whatever the hell they want to say. And as soon as there's pushback, oh, no, we're the victim. Let's claim our victimhood and um, make everyone else the bad guy. That's what Harvard's now doing. In the past 72 hours, our statement has made international headlines. PSC has been flooded with racist hate speech and death threats. Hundreds of students have been, in other words, people have been calling, uh, contacting them saying, you're, you're pro-terrorist pieces of shit, is, is what people are telling them. Hundreds of students have been persecuted both on campus and online, even people unaffiliated with PSC. The targeting of Palestinian, black, brown, Muslim, and international students specifically should be extremely concerning to all parties. Not quite, not quite as concerning as babies being mutilated. 
I'm going to say that that is a priority. Women being raped literally to death. Yeah. I'm going to say that's a priority over these pansy ass fucking assholes at Harvard who are, who are being told you're assholes right now because they are assholes. None of them are dead. Right. They've got all the, oh, death threats, death threats. None of you have had your heads cut off. I'd like to point that out. None of you have been burned alive in your fucking homes. I would like to point that out. But yeah, yeah, sure. You're the victims here. It's absolute. And this goes on. This went on for a couple of pages. Again, sources are over there on locals if you want to read the rest of this sniveling bullshit but uh, i'm not gonna read it out for you then you've got now the 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 president of harvard trying to back out of this saying oh whoa whoa wait a second we're not responsible for this this wasn't us that was them and then this student organization who are now saying, well, we regret our decision to co-sign that latest PSC statement. Yeah, I should hope you do regret it. And I hope you uh, I hope you all get what you deserve. And I'm not talking about violence. I'm not saying I hope you all get beheaded. I hope you all get burned alive in your homes. I hope you have babies cut out of your wombs and handed to you so that you can watch them die in your arms. I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting... Where is it? I'm suggesting this, Danielle. Harvard student group members doxxed after pro-Palestine letter. The letters garnered widespread attention and backlash from politicians, company CEOs, and prominent alumni. Harvard President Claudine Gay issued a statement Tuesday distancing the school from the letter, noting that no student group, not even 30 student groups, speak for Harvard University or its leadership. Thousands of students, faculty, and alumni then signed on to a statement calling the pro-Palestine committee's letter completely wrong and deeply offensive. As of right now, Four websites had posted some students' personal information. By the way, this is just payback being a bitch. Mm -hmm. This is for all those Harvard students that that support the cancel culture and support the deplatforming of people. This is just a little taste of paybacks a bitch, including their full names, class year, past employment, social media profiles, photos, and hometowns. As of Wednesday, at least two of the sites had been taken down for violating Google's terms of service. Notice Google doesn't take that stuff down generally, they right. don't, but they are doing it now. <clears throat> um, there are, where's, I have another story here, which is remarkably, uh, is remarkably, um, satisfying where some of the fortune 500 CEO CEOs have approached Harvard and told Harvard that they need to make the names of the students who signed that letter public and that they should not be allowed to be hide behind an institution when they issue statements like that. Because they want the option to blacklist them. Good. Some of the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies want the opportunity to blacklist list these people. And when I say I hope they get what they have coming to them... That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about moral, righteous humans refusing to allow those people to advance in life. Right. And I have no problem. If those, if those people end up, end up homeless and destitute, it will be satisfying to me. Because this is what they're defending. This is not safe for work in any way, shape, or form. 
this is what when they when they go on social media and say none of this is true there's i i want to see a photo of dead babies you're just you're that everyone's accusing ben shapiro for example of spreading misinformation show me photos of dead babies benjamin netanyahu said okay hold my beer That's a baby that's been shot in the face by a Palestinian terrorist. These are babies that have been burned to a crisp by Palestinian terrorists. This is the behavior, the subhuman behavior that these Harvard, NYU, Black Lives Matter, Democrat Socialist of America, pieces of human filth are currently defending. And even when the evidence is presented, they will continue to defend it because they are human garbage. I'm not going to suggest that they should be shipped over to Gaza to live happily ever after over there. I would never suggest that. But I might suggest that some of them voluntarily go there and experience this in real time. Go and look at what you're endorsing. Go and look at what you're condoning with your stupid, flippant little social media memes showing a paraglider with a Palestinian flag. If you don't understand how sickening that is, that you may as well have just thrown a swastika up on the screen. They're going to these rallies. Demo the Democrat Socialists of, of America are going to these rallies and chanting, gas the Jews. They're not chanting, we need a ceasefire. They're not chanting, we need, we need peace on both sides. They're chanting, gas the Jews. These are 21st century Nazis in America who have gone out in the sunlight and revealed themselves to the world. And yeah, we have an obligation to expose these people for who and what they are. And Harvard have an obligation to let every, every business owner in this country know their names so that they can never get a job beyond flipping burgers at McDonald's. That's where we are right now. That's who we should be focusing on, are those terrorists. And these people are terrorists, at the very least terrorist sympathizers that have exposed themselves here at home in America. The icing on the cake, Danielle, is that we may come face to face with some of these people sooner than we thought, because tomorrow... Hamas has called for a global day of jihad. The State Department and the FBI are taking this very seriously. Not seriously enough to focus their attention on these pro-terrorist sympathizers. They're focusing on MAGA supporters. We'll get to that in a second. But they're taking it seriously enough that they're issuing warnings. A Global day of jihad targeting the Jewish community is what Hamas have called for. We've had an open border for three years. People have been coming into this country with virtually zero vetting. And it's 100% guarantee that there are Hamas sleeper cells in America right now. It's 100% guarantee that there are and their Palestinian leaders have just called them to action for tomorrow 
it remains to be seen what happens. But I will tell you, you know what I'm taking with me tomorrow? I'm taking my plate carrier and a yep. rifle with me tomorrow. Every uh, That's going with me tomorrow. Because I believe that the people capable of cutting the heads off of babies and of gutting pregnant mothers while they're alive, gutting pregnant living mothers and handing their baby, their fetus baby to them so that it can die in the mother's arms before they murder the mother. I absolutely 100% believe that those people are a threat to me in my own country. And anyone that supports them is a threat to me in my own country. And I will be as prepared as I can possibly be to meet that evil face to fucking face if they decide to bring it to my door. And anyone with any ounce of morality or conscience needs to be prepared to do the same thing. So tomorrow, folks, keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open because these people are insane lunatics and they're willing to do the most horrific things and we have to be prepared to face them head on let's move on to what they're they're focusing on here not the jihadists you know not the pro-palestinian right. terrorist sympathizers they're focusing on 2024 and trump supporters the federal government believes that the threat of violence and major, major civil disturbances around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great that it has quietly created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter, Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. The same people who have never, never rioted, never burned down a city, never flipped over a police car, never shot a policeman in the face, never murdered cops. These, these people, right? Obviously, they're basing it on the actions of some on January 6th, where nobody was killed by a MAGA supporter. Right. Nobody was killed by a MAGA supporter. There were claims there were, right? There was David Dorn. Was that, his, no, that wasn't his name. That was um, that was somebody else. The uh, the uh, Capitol policeman that they said was beaten to death with a with a, a fire extinguisher. A fire extinguisher, yeah, but that died of a stroke at his house two days later. The fat fuck died of a stroke yeah. two days later yeah. because he overexerted himself on the day. Um, and you know, I I don't mean to laugh, but it's just fuck off. Ludicrous. It's so ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah, the same people who killed didn't didn't. They caused some damage. Can't take away from that. There were some windows broken out, some doors busted down, probably some furniture ruined. Uh, but what they didn't do was kill anyone. And they, you know, but but they're, they're the counter-terrorist threat in America right now. The challenge, by the way, for the FBI, the primary federal agency charged with law enforcement, is to pursue and prevent what it calls domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliations, even though the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are of Trump supporters, according to classified data obtained by Newsweek. By the way, that's the source for this story is Newsweek for those that uh, care about such things. Again, Again, you can find the sources all over on uh, all over on locals. You can read the rest of it because we're rapidly running out of time here. This focus isn't going to change. What we're seeing now play out in Israel and now globally with this call to jihad by Hamas, this isn't going to change the FBI's focus on MAGA supporters. The greatest threat America's ever seen, right? Not, not BLM that murdered police officers in Dallas. Right. Not Antifa that has destroyed cities and killed dozens of people around the country. Not the Democratic Socialists of America that are calling for the beheading of babies and the murder of innocent women and children. Not those people. 
MAGA supporters, Donald Trump supporters, the the one half, literally one half of the country that voted for Donald Trump. I would argue more than one half of the country that voted for Donald Trump, but it was it was the election of, you know, it was it was the stolen the election safest, year. Yeah. So the safest, most, safest, secure, most election secure election in history. They're the threat. I'm going to include myself in it. We are the threat because I am supporting Donald Trump this time around, but just out of spite. I'm supporting him out of spite because I want Donald Trump to be reelected so that these Democrats can go die, go cry in their frosties, frosted flakes, whatever they're called here. I want to, I want them to go. I want them to go weep liberal tears. Isn't that what Ben Shapiro, isn't that what their, yes, their yes. mug says? Liberal tears or something like that. So I'm going to include myself in this. I am the greatest threat posed to America right now because I support Donald Trump. Tell you what I don't support. I don't support Hamas. I don't support the terrorists in Ukraine who for 10 years waged war against their own civilian population. I don't support them. That, of course, makes me a threat in America. Right. I don't support the murder of policemen because I live under some deranged notion that the cops are just out there murdering black people willy-nilly or hither and yon. I don't support that. Call me call me crazy. Call me a whack job. I don't support the murder of 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 police. The people that do support those things, they're the ones that get the additional protections from this government. They're the ones that are considered the victims. They're the ones that are considered the, uh, the, the, the patriots, the, the supporters of democracy. We're the threat to democracy, not right. the folks that run around shooting police. They're not the threat, not the ones that go around burning down cities. They're not a threat to democracy. It's us, us, the people that want to see their elections run Mm, properly legally yeah yeah we're we're the problem right and that's not going to change it's not going to change because we've moved we've moved too far in this country the fbi has is institutionalized leftism at this point the entire federal government is institutionalized marxism at this point it doesn't matter who becomes speaker. And why people can't figure this out is beyond me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter who becomes president of the United States. It matters who works for the federal government. And the federal government has right. expanded its numbers by hiring Marxist sympathizer ideologues into its fold. The Democrat Socialists of America support terrorism. We have members of Congress who, current, who are members of the Democrat Socialists of America who support terrorism. We have people in the federal government who are working at the uh, Office, of pa Office of Palestinian Affairs, part of the State Department, that support terrorism who are telling telling Israel this is your fault and you need to you need to step back to all these people that think Israel need to put down their weapons and step back if your wife or daughter were cut open while they're alive were cut open and had a, a fetus removed from their womb and put in their arms so that the mother could watch it die before they're murdered, would you still be telling people to put down their weapons? Would you still be glorifying this with images of paragliders swooping in with Palestinian flags? Would you associate yourself with that ideology if that ever happened to a, a member of your family? Because I have a feeling they wouldn't.
Yeah, I would hope not. And that's why it's important that every single one of us share what we see because people have to see this. They have to see it. I still, I still don't want to play the videos that I have because I, I want people to really make this decision for themselves. But people need to see this. They need to see what they're supporting. And I have a feeling that the majority of these pro-Palestine, pro-terrorist Americans, I have a feeling that they will shrink back into the woodwork very, very rapidly if they saw precisely what it is they're condoning. No, Alex, you know exactly what they would do. They would do what they're doing. They would deny the authenticity of the videos and the photographs. Yeah. They would say that it's propaganda. Yeah. Which is exactly what's happening. Cameron says, now I'm back to flatten them, fuck them, bomb everything. Yeah. That that's where I'm at. And and once we're done flattening them, then we can take a step back, regroup, and figure out who's left. Who's left? Who do we have to deal with now? Well, and Without, I mean, and I don't want to get into geopolitics much here at all, but, you know, we've heard this whole, like, domino effect theory before, like, if one falls, they're all going to fall and we're going to get sucked in. Y'all, if one falls, they're all going to fall and we're going to get sucked in. And it's very simple, very quick steps. And Al, I know you don't want to go into this, and I promise I won't, but right now we've got Hamas very active in Israel. And we know that they're backed by Iranian money. Well, in Lebanon, which is directly north, the on the northern border of Israel to the west, to the sea, we've got Hezbollah, who are very, very much, they're a terrorist group, and they are much more sophisticated and much more well-armed than Hamas. And they are anti-Israeli, and they are backed by Iran. And if Hezbollah gets involved, Iran, I mean, Israel has no choice but to absolutely flatten them. Did, so, you, did you happen to see that video of Donald Trump uh, with, speaking at a rally? I think it was yesterday. He said He said effectively the same thing. He's coming under fire for it. In fact, it was taken. Obviously, this is what politics is. Somebody took it, uh, a clip of it and put it up out of context where he was saying that Hezbollah are, are smart. They are, um, you know, they're smart. They're capable, things like that. It was uh, Ron DeSantis. It was Ron DeSantis's team took this clip, oh. edited it down. I mean, obviously, it's politics. Take it for right. what it is. Obviously, Trump wasn't saying that. Right. He wasn't backing Hezbollah, but they are. Trump, they absolutely right. What are. Trump was saying is we need to take this seriously. This we began I began this talking about the threat of escalation. Yes. This this has the potential to draw us into a literal world war. Very, very quickly. Because you've got Iran and Russia that support the terrorists, along with China. Who, who haven't actually come out publicly with anything yet that I've seen, but we know who they're going to side with. I think Beijing has, has in fact said that... I'm Israel sure they've said Israel needs to... Jets. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they've yes. said Israel needs yes. to stand down. But all it... Yeah, all it takes... One, one lone rocket from Lebanon. It's all this takes to bring Iran, Russia, and China into this thing. You know, and and Egypt, you and I talked a little bit about this. Egypt is to the south and west, and Israel is trying to get, according, according to Israel, they're trying to get Egypt to allow people from Gaza to go down to, to migrate or whatever, to run from Gaza down to Egypt to be safe. And Egypt's like, we don't know. We don't want no part of none of that because— um, not Hezbollah, because Hamas is so much a part of that, that as the refugees go, so will Hamas. So Egypt's like, no, we won't. And so they have nowhere to send them. Yeah. They have nowhere to go. Janine says, how's Joe going to blame this on Trump? That's going to be a tough one because Trump, 
I mean, the reason this has started is because Saudi Arabia is negotiating a, a peace deal with Israel, Israel and yep. Iran cannot allow that to happen. That's why this is starting. I know we talked about the six billion and, and I'm not absolving or I think I even said that show. Of course, Iran's behind this. Of course they are. But the six billion is is irrelevant at this point. And that's the reason I mentioned it is because it gave the State Department a scapegoat. Right. Right. We, uh, focusing on that gave them a scapegoat when we need to be focusing on other things. Because dist distancing this administration from this is going to be difficult. Distancing the Obama administration from this is going to be difficult. The American funding and financing of Iran began under Barack Obama. And Joe Biden was just a continuation of Obama-era policies to right. fund Iran. And they can sit there and say, yeah, but it can only be used for humanitarian. Okay. It can only be used for humanitarian purposes. So let them spend the money on weapons and then what? Go get it back? Right. Yeah, oh, sorry. No, you can't track that. Yeah, you weren't supposed to spend that on, on weapons, dude. That was for humanitarian needs. Hand it back to us, please. And prove they did it. Yeah. It, you it, have $100 it in your sense. wallet. I owe you 50 bucks. You say, oh, I need whatever. I, I'm going to buy some liquor, but I won't use your 50 bucks for it. Well, so you spend 50 of the $100 you have mm -hmm. in your wallet on the liquor. Then I give you the 50 bucks I owe you, and you replenish your funds with my funds. Yeah, but under Trump, we had a weakened Iran. We had the historic Abraham Accords, which were just about to bring Saudi Arabia into the fold. And let's not forget, Saudi, Saudi Arabia is no friend of America. Right. No friend of America. Lest we forget, it was Saudis that attacked us on September 11th. It wasn't Iranians, and it wasn't Iraqis, it wasn't Afghans. It was Saudis that attacked us on 9-11. We conveniently forget that, but Saudi Arabia is no friend of the United States. And Donald Trump was able to bring them all to a table and negotiate a peace. And Iran cannot allow that to happen. Iran cannot allow a Western-driven peace in that region because Iran, they have a world to conquer and they have right. a region to control. And so, yeah, this, this happened because Iran wanted it to happen. The Palestinian government, the Palestinian army invaded Israel and started massacring Jews at the behest of Iran. And if one missile flies from Lebanon into Israel and Israel retaliate, there's a very good, a very high probability of dragging the Iranians and by default the Russians into this fight. And then we have a world war on our hands. The threat of escalation here is massive, and this is why Israel need to act quickly and decisively and wipe. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use the Palestinians' rhetoric. Drive them back into the sea. Drive them all into the sea. Guarantee that they're not gonna be a threat to anyone else ever again. Drive them into the sea. Yep. Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, I don't think you can put a fine. You, I don't think you can put too fine of a point on if. I mean, there's there is of course chatter coming from Hezbollah, but if if missiles come from Hezbollah, Israel doesn't have time to wait. They will scramble the. Is I think it's F-16s that they have. They will scramble the F-16s and have a northeastern parking lot. They will have F-22s by the time... No one's supposed to have F-22s, but the Israelis will have F-22s by the time this is over. You mark my words. America What's will... What's an F-22? F-22, the Raptor. It's it's uh, our most capable, yep. most capable fighter. Um, and right now, American law prohibits the sale of F-22s to anyone, including Israel. I have a feeling that law is going to be changed and that Israel will be purchasing some F-22s uh, 
probably within the next month or so. Keep an eye on it. I'm speculating, obviously, but I have a feeling that's going to happen. Um, these people are a global threat. A global threat. And I listen, I'm beyond the point where I even acknowledge the existence of innocent Palestinians at this point. Israel does. Israel acknowledges their existence and does everything they can to get them out of harm's way. Yeah, yeah. Like today they are doing that. Today they are trying to get yeah. innocent Palestinians out of Gaza so that they can bomb the terror tunnels. And and when I'm over being angry, I'll go back to acknowledging that there are in fact innocent Palestinians. But right now, as of today, the day that babies are being massacred, there is no innocent Palestinian. And now is the time for an all-out I was, I, I'm not going to, I was about to use a word that would have been entirely inappropriate in this situation. Yeah, don't, yeah, no. It's time for an all out devastating, overwhelming annihilation of the Palestinians. That's what it's time for. And when the dust settles and, and everyone's calmed down a little bit, maybe then, maybe then we'll take a step back and reevaluate. But until then, kill them all. Kill them. We've identified our enemy. We know who they are. We know who they are overseas. And now we know who they are here at home. Right. Well, we've known who they were here at home. They just can't deny mm -hmm. it anymore. They've shown themselves for who they are. Here at home, we have an opportunity to deal with them appropriately by blacklisting them from everything. Let's treat them like the unvaxxed. Let's just do yeah, that. You know, it occurred. I know we need to get off here. We're way over already. But it occurred to me yesterday as I was listening, and I'm not even going to say who it was because I don't want people to go find his channel. But I was listening to somebody rant about Israel and how wrong we are to say that people have to think the way that we think or they're wrong and we don't want anything to do with them and we don't want to talk to them. That that's no kind of way to have discourse. Really? Because y'all have been saying that to us for how long? Right. Right. About all the things. And I don't care what they say. If you are pro-Palestine, I don't want you in my life. Yeah, there is right and wrong. Yeah. I just don't want you in my life because you are a threat. To, if you are pro-Palestine, you are a threat, a literal threat, because what you believe in and what you support does not align with my morals and my values and my principles. You're literally a threat, and uh, I don't want you anywhere near me. Simple as that. We're out of time, Danny. On that happy note, we're going to get out of here. Y'all have a show Saturday, yeah? Uh, maybe I actually, I need to work out some details. Theoretically. Right. Yes. But I got some details I need to work. We out. will wait to hear. All right. In the meantime, y'all, we love you. We appreciate you. We will be back Monday for sure. So we'll see you here then. Thanks guys. Bye, see ya.